I've just had a fantastic conversation with Sinead Ronan Wells from Pieta. Sinead is the fundraising executive for Pieta and she's also the Leinster lead for Darkness Into Light. So we talked all about Darkness Into Light, Pieta, fundraising for Pieta, uh, the number of centres that Pieta have, their outreaches, uh, the programmes that they're running in secondary schools and uh, lots, lots more. So I uh, hope you enjoy my conversation with Sinead and uh, don't forget to donate. Thanks, guys. Okay, so today I am joined by Sinead Ronan Wells. Sinead is the fundraising executive uh, for Dark for Pieta House, and she is the Leinster lead for Darkness into Light. Uh, Sinead, thanks for coming on with me today. No problem at all. Uh, Sinead, uh, I sent a couple of questions forward, and I might just uh, start go through and going through those now. Um, okay. Can you tell us where did it all begin for Pieta House? So Joan Freeman in uh, 2006 opened up the first centre in Lucan um, in Dublin and it sort of grew from there. A couple of years later um, Limerick was opened and then I think it went to Ballyfermot and at the moment there's 15 centres and I think four outreaches around the country. We just opened um, two outreaches in Cavan and Monaghan I think opened there, gosh, in the last six weeks. Yeah, so, that's fantastic um, to hear as well. And uh, I'm a Calvin native myself. Are uh, you? I think I think the near the nearest uh, Pieta Centre would have been uh, Mullingar. At uh, Lone, at Lone it would be yeah, yeah. So yeah, so they they opened uh, Cavan Cavan Monaghan and there's one in Scaries as well. So um, it's great to get some service up in that area. It's badly needed, I'm afraid. Brilliant. So it's it's grown fantastically well since 2006 yeah. and it's 14 year yeah. history uh, and uh, it's brilliant um, okay so can you tell us uh, briefly um, I guess the services that Pieta offer to individuals and families so um, to people in suicidal crisis or who self-harm um, it's a free service it's you don't need a referral you sort of they might ring in and they're assessed over the phone and then they're brought in and they can be seen anywhere from 12, I think, um, sessions with a qualified therapist. And um, we also offer a 24-hour helpline um, that's also manned by um, qualified therapists. There's a bereavement service. So we have SBLOs, they're suicide, li uh, suicide bereavement liaison officers around the country. So if there is a loss within a family, they will reach out to that family and um, offer them bereavement um, therapy. Um, and then we have the Resilience Academy, which is a course aimed at second year students. So second year is about, I suppose they're about 40. Yeah. Um, and they, there, I think there's nine modules and they get to pick six and it, it's brought into the school over six weeks and it's hugely successful. It's, it teaches them resilience and, you know, the teacher's not in the classroom with them, so they get to ask questions. Um, and it's proven to be really popular and really, really successful. Um, but the most important part is the is our intervention service. Um, again, there's no GP referral needed, so and it's completely free. And like that's fantastic. Where you may have, you know, people with uh, suicidal ideation who just want to be closed off and may not want to yeah. go see a doctor, or you know, that's that's the biggest step. The biggest step, probably. Yeah contacting Pieta and, and uh, taking those first steps inside those doors. We'd have a lot of families reach out as well and then they might be able to encourage their 
loved ones to uh, reach out and make a call. Perfect. Um, of course, the, you know, as a charity, uh, charities need funds and uh, charities have uh, running costs, which can be quite high. Uh, what kind of running costs would PETA have? I think it's around, I'm not 100% sure, it's all on the website, but I think it's around 12 million a year. Um, 80% of that is fundraised, um, yeah. 20% comes from government grants. So, um, so you're talking about tonight. Sorry? somewhere in the region of 9.6 to 10 million is, is what's needed from fundraising every year. And yeah, and yeah. Growing, growing year on and year. growing, yeah. As the service is growing, obviously, our, our, our financial needs are growing. So, um, the fact that Darts of Delight is not happening this year, that brings in, um, I think it brings in about four or five million a year, which is a massive deficit. Um, so we're really struggling now to fill that gap and keep the frontline services going primarily. Um, everyone's operating over the phone at the moment, um, yeah, not face to face. So um, that has its own difficulties, I'm sure, for those struggling, but it is what it is, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's where we are financially at the moment with yeah. the Asia. Absolutely. When you think of how much Darks and Delight brings in for the charity, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's important now more than ever that people yeah. contribute, whether it be to a fundraiser like I'm doing. There's a fantastic fundraisers going on here in the UAE, uh, Jameer Gales in uh, Dubai, their football team up there, they're doing yeah. a, a sponsored run. Uh, oh, exactly. Uh, so... Uh, you know, there's a lot of different novel uh, ideas uh, for people doing fundraisers, and it's great to yeah. see. Yeah, um, oh, fantastic things going on. Now, uh, just in the, with regards to Darkest into Light, um, it's an amazing event. I think I've done it maybe five or six times now. Um, I was actually the f funniest. Now, I'll tell you a good story. I was on a stag in Kilkenny, and uh, I was the only one uh, not drinking over the whole weekend. And we landed down the Friday night, and it was a wee bit of night that I wasn't going to get to do it at home in Cavan. So uh, I think at about uh, three o'clock, I left the lads in the nightclub, went back to the hotel, got changed, and made my way out to the barracks in Kilkenny to uh, do darkness and light there. You know, yeah. Uh, so it was great to do it in somewhere else other than uh, where I was from as well. And then obviously the last two years I've done it here in Alain as well, and. Uh, Two years ago was the first time we ran it in Alain, and uh, last year I was a steward, and it was great to be on the committee side side of things and helping out. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's great to see the goodwill of people, and even people who weren't necessarily from Ireland, you know, uh, taking the reins and, and running it out here is just fantastic. It is um, amazing. I think the the symbolism of darkness into light is, uh, you know, you can talk about the money and everything that's raised from uh, the the fundraiser itself. But uh, have you anything to say about the symbolism of walking from darkness into light? Um, I think um, the most important thing about darkness into light is what it brings to the communities that and the people that take part in it. Um, I think there'll be a massive hole in people's lives this weekend, unfortunately, um, as it's not happening. Um, people, a lot of people use it to remember friends and loved ones that they've lost. Um, and you see a lot of people there that might have their own struggles. And, and there, there was a, a study done by the University of Limerick about five years ago, four or five years ago, I think. And it showed that there was a distinct feeling of happiness from the participants after Darkness of Delight. So they did like a survey of people directly afterwards and they found 
that and they found that people felt happier after it and they carried that happiness on with them which is really it says an awful lot about the event itself oh, definitely you can totally attest to that like uh, yeah it can be yeah. a very emotional experience you know yeah. um yeah it can be it's pretty poignant i think yeah and uh when, when was the first darkness into light walk um i was involved in the first one um was that phoenix it, park was it phoenix park yeah 2009 and we had about just under 500 people there Um we were expecting 50 um so we were pretty we couldn't believe that that many people had shown up because anyone we had said it to thought we were nuts meeting in the phoenix park at four o'clock in the morning and no way we're getting up to do that and even one of my colleagues he was at the first one with his family and he was fairly young at the time and he says he was sort of dragged out of bed dragged along and what are we doing here you know and uh look where we are now i suppose <laughs> um yeah it was it's that the, yeah the first one was interesting it was it was fairly panicky and we were fairly overwhelmed and that continued for four or five years um, every year it sort of doubled and doubled and doubled yeah. and um, eventually we got Athletics Ireland on board um, to help us out in Phoenix Park and it's been manageable with them on board ever since course, yeah. but it's still run by a volunteer committee and myself Absolutely. and um, they do amazing work every year and um, we had 16,000 people there last year 16,000 I was just going yeah. to yeah yeah so it's, it's pretty overwhelming every year pretty stressful but um, imagine it's that. always good it's always good in the end of course um very good and uh, so yeah so we kind of discussed already what it means not being able to run darkness into light this year mm-hmm. but um you're speaking to me off camera that if you're lucky if things calm down with COVID 19 that you may be able to run it later on in the year we have it scheduled for october 3rd um we don't know what the restrictions would be around that and you know internationally as well it's going to be different weather wise and like mm. the, the commission in canada we'll probably have snow on the ground at that stage but um yeah we're hoping to run some run it in its traditional form or a version of it uh, yeah will be will be will happen on october 3rd Perfect. what that is we just don't know yet yeah it's funny uh billy Connolly, the comedian scottish comedian he said uh, there's no such thing as bad weather just the wrong clothing you know, so <laughs> I don't know if the Canadians would agree with you. <laughs> Be four foot of snow. <laughs> Good woolly hat, be fine. Uh, uh, what I I was on, I've been on your website quite a bit over the last couple of weeks when I was yeah. starting to get ready to do this uh, fundraiser that I'm doing and uh, a bit of research and stuff. Uh, I like how uh, the website lists, you know, the cost of a phone call. That, Cost your yeah. Um, could you remind us of uh, what they are, please? So, have. 13 euro will keep the lights on in a day for one centre. 31 euro covers the cost of three calls to the helpline. Um, 39 euro covers the cost of one student to complete the six week resilience academy course. Um, 53 covers the cost of an initial assessment, setting a person in crisis, setting a person in crisis on the road to recovery. So, that's their first phone call. Um, where they get asked questions and they get categorised sort of um, as to the urgency of their need because we would have a large waiting list so they're, they would be scored and depending on, on, their, on where they are in their crisis you know we would get them in quickly or you know they might be able to be helped um, over the phone until we can fit them in you know 
okay. 102 euro pays for the first session of a, ded a dedicated therapy program. Uh, 251 delivers the first session of the Resilience Academy program to a class in sec of second year students. And um, 500, sorry. Sorry, no, I'll, I'll let you finish. And I'll, I, I've yep. just got a point there, yeah. Uh, 500 covers the cost of a suicide bereavement liaison officer to support a family in their home. Um, 964 euro completes a, a, provides a complete program of dedicated therapy for one person in crisis. So that gets a person from A to Z. Um, 3,000 covers a complete six-week Resilience Academy program for secondary schools. So that's that's the breakdown of the costs, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking now, like I remember uh, like being, being a teenager, uh, hard enough, never mind yeah. uh, everything else that's going on. Uh, and just even thinking back to when I was a teenager and like, you know, would have had my first phone when I was maybe... 12, 13, I think it was 13, and like, you know, it was a break of a thing, you know, and to think of what uh, a phone is now and yeah. what it can do for people, but on the other side, what it might be do, doing against people and against yeah. uh, against people who may be a bit vulnerable, you know, so I think definitely from that point of view, growing up as a teenager today is much more difficult than it was yeah. 20 years ago, and uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the sessions that you may be doing in secondary schools? Um, so, to my knowledge of them, I've never sat in on one, but they have, when people come into us for therapy, they have nine boxes and they have different teams in the boxes. And these are things that they talk about through the therapy. So they've done something similar with the Resilience Academy where they have nine subjects, like they might be bullying, food, um, I don't know what else is in it, sexuality probably. Um, and they get to pick six of them themselves. So the class, I think the class votes on which ones they want to focus on. So that's what they focus on for six yeah. weeks. They take one module per session. Brilliant. Yeah. And um, yeah, they work on that. And it's proved to be really successful. The guys in the resilience team are amazing. They're all so enthusiastic. Um, they travel around the country. Um, it's always booked out. Um, yeah. I think she's booked up for the next year. So like the lack of resources really affects that. The Resilience Academy is something that we always try and get sort of a, a corporate sponsorship for, yes. so that there's no cost to the schools, but we do encourage, we do encourage them to fundraise. Of course. Um, right. It's important for kids to do that as well, to get involved Absolutely, with yeah. in their community. Um, so we always encourage that. Um, but yeah, it's really, really successful and schools come back year on year for, for their second years to take Brilliant. part in the, in the academy you know that's fantastic um i suppose we've kind of discussed already uh, the effect that covid19 has had on uh on pieta as a whole on darkness into light and uh you know you've been severely adversely affected by uh, the pandemic uh so i suppose the message is you know please please donate to the charity or donate to fundraisers in the charity's name and yeah. uh we have the Sunrise Appeal running at the moment. It's yes. on the Darkness of Delight website. Um, that's what they're, we're sort of pushing at the moment. It's a very simple way to donate. Um, but there's loads going on. If your friends or family are taking part in anything, donate to their campaigns. You know, there's so many people doing amazing things all over the place, running up and down stairs to the height of Everest and rowing 
500 miles in their front garden and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are, I was talking... And running, <laughs> running 31 kilometres a day for 31 days. Well, thankfully I'm not, I'm just running, I'm doing a mixture of running and cycling and mix it. Uh, oh God, oh that's good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been cycling mostly now so far, I'll have to yeah. runners on a bit more over the next... It uh, must be pretty hot over there, is it, to be running in and cycling? In? Yeah, you have to pick your times, you know, um, it could start in the morning at maybe... 6.30 anytime between 6.30 and 7am and about that time it's it's uh, getting close to 30 degrees uh, by the time I finish it could be anywhere between 32 and 35 Wow uh, Yeah so it's it's not too bad now thankfully we're quite well into the desert here in Alain and yeah. uh, the humidity isn't near as high as it would be in Dubai or Abu Dhabi so there are some some saving graces I guess uh, also have a turbo trainer set up here beside me okay. uh, I'll just not show you at the moment but uh, basically, my bike can be put onto um, a stand per se. Okay. It provides the resistance, so I can cycle and cycle using a program called Zwift. So I'm there's me cycling, watching the TV, and watching an avatar pedal through, might be London or New York or uh, some of these places, you know. So uh, it's 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 great. It's very immersive. So uh, definitely, it's keeping me going. And a few tunes on, and sure, what more do you want? But uh, yeah, uh, fundraiser is going well. Um, I think I'm in and around two and a half thousand now for. Wow. 12 days uh people are just you're, people are just they're very good like you know uh, it really yeah uh, they'd be just fantastic uh if you, if you look at that like that's two people through yeah you know that's two people through the service so yeah, yeah. you know it's 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 pretty important yeah you know uh, i was talking to kevin bell yesterday uh or sorry it's collie bell yesterday from the kevin bell repatriation trust and um i asked him and we're you kind of you kind of got into a question uh, that I hadn't actually sent you, but uh, what are some of the more memorable fundraisers that you've seen over your time? Just for um, being maybe that bit strange or uh, uh, things that you may have thought I'd never do. I that. have to say the lads in Rings End this week um, running up and down the steps, there was loads of them did it and they said they were going to climb Everest for Pieta in the flats. So they were going up and down the steps with kids doing it. There was some, like, was little kids did, I think they had to climb up and down the steps 830 times or something like that. Okay. So, so, and there was loads of them did it. Yeah. That was, that, that one blew me away now this week. Um, God, I'm trying to think. There has been some strange ones. There was a guy walked around Ireland barefoot. He did that twice, I think. He walked around the outside of Ireland barefoot. Um, I can't remember saying it. That that was that was pretty impressive. It was really impressive. It was really cool. Lots of our supporters let him stay with them and yeah, I think I might have he to just look hit for the that road. Um yeah, he just hit the road. He was really, really interesting. And uh God, what else was there? There's so many. Like people just are amazing. Little kids come in after doing bake sales and stuff and we do the giant check with them and they're just delighted <laughs> with themselves, you know. Um yeah, it's lovely. It's really great. It's 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 I feel really lucky to be involved with it now. It's yeah. been, considering I started as a volunteer, um, eventually they gave me a job. <laughs> but, um, hang around long enough. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fin finally, Sinead, um, I'm just going to ask, what is the future for the charity or what would you like to see for the charity in the future? I would like to see more outreaches I'd like to see the service easier to access for people around the country. Like there's there's pockets of Ireland that it's they they travel quite a distance. Yeah. 
So I think the outreach model is the way to go where there's a, a therapist in a town for eight hours a week or 12 hours a week or whatever the need might be. Um, yeah. And the, the, the costs of that are lower as well than running a whole centre, you know, that's what I would like to see. Rent yeah. and lighting and yeah. bills. Yeah, of course. That's, that's what I'd like to see, but ultimately I'd like to see a world without suicide, you know. And that's, yeah, that's the end goal really, isn't it? That is, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, uh, we don't want to have a PA days. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, on a lighter note, how has uh, how has uh, the whole isolation been treating you? Have you been making any banana bread or learned any new skills? I'm over. I'm over banana bread now. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to <laughs> not lose my mind. Um, yeah, I'm at home working at my kitchen table with my two kids. Um, trying to not have them look at their tablets for too long while I'm working, you know? Yeah, um, No, it's fine. The sun is shining. Um, thankfully, the sun is shining. Um, we've been very lucky with the weather, so that helps an yeah. awful lot. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. It's not too bad. <laughs> very good. Uh, Sinead, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Um, I've learned... You too, Brian. Thanks a million. So much, and um, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So we can see from my conversation with Sinead that with Pieta not being able to run Darkness into Light this weekend, their fundraising has taken a huge, huge knock. So if you can, please donate to my fundraiser, which is tiny.cc forward slash the number 31k for the number 31 again, days. Or you can go on to GoFundMe and search for 31k for 31 days. Or you can donate directly to Pieta at pieta.ie. Until the next one, see you later.